What's up, Kiki crew? This is your girl, Coco, with another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, or guests come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. So y'all know I love bringing somebody from my past on the show to have a kiki session. So today I have Tasha with me. We were in high school together on the cheerleading team together, had some classes together, but um, Tasha, you want to go ahead and say what's up and just let everyone know a little bit about you. Yes. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. Like, I am really excited to be here, but I need y'all to know that when <laughs> she reached out to me, she was so formal, like, hello. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you could be on my podcast. So I didn't even put two and two together that this was like my longtime friend from high school <laughs> where we were actually on the cheerleading team together. Like, what? So it was such a nice surprise when I looked at the name it was like Crystal Cotton. <laughs> Wait a minute. Then I have to go do my searches on Instagram. But yes, yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I am the CEO of a financial coaching company called Gotta Stay. And um, I am excited to get into whatever the topic is today. So I'm excited. And y'all, just so y'all know, like anybody I asked to come on the show, regardless if I know you or not. I still try and keep it professional because I want people to take me seriously because <laughs> this, I mean, even though this is my passion project, you know, it's something that I want um, there to be a level of professionalism to it. So I know Tasha is a businesswoman, a creator just as well. And so, you know, I wanted to approach her just like anybody else I didn't know as well. So as y'all know, we kick off every episode with the drink with Coco. And this week's drink is recommended by the guest as always. And it is surprisingly a shot of Jim Bean Peach. So you want to let us know why you chose this drink and why shots of all. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, uh, I didn't drink any alcohol until I was 28 years old. Like none, not a drop. I was just not like, I was scared to drink actually. And so once I started to drink, there's something that I realized that nobody told me, which was that alcohol is disgusting. Like most of the time it is not tasty. And so I wasn't prepared for that. So people were like, well, why shots? I like shots because I'm not trying to babysit no nasty drink. Like I'm not trying to just sit on liquor for no reason. So I just like to take my shot get it over with and have my fun. But I do like my, to make my own drinks. And when I'm making my own drinks, I usually use some dark liquor. I like to use some um, some type of punch. I like to use a little bit of seven up or Sprite, put some strawberries in there or some basil or something like that. So if, we, if you wanted to take that Jim Beam and turn it into a mixed drink, you could do that. Um, and that would be quite tasty, but I tend to, when I go out, I tend to just stick with a shot. <laughs> you know what, um, speaking of alcohol being disgusting, I remember like in high school, probably like freshman year of high school, 
all the rappers was talking about absolute vodka and my mama had some sitting on the bar one day and my parents was gone me and my friend was at the house and I was like girl we gotta try this absolute and we tried it and I was like why are they drinking it like this is disgusting why (laughs) why are they drinking this like it's good and it kills me when you watch a movie and they have like a shot of something and they just sip the drink like like what type of monster are you (laughs) you know it's like in other countries like they don't really like take shots they'll pour a shot but they sip on it and I'm like it's disgusting how you just drink it now I can't drink it straight uh just sip on it but uh most other liquors especially like tequila and vodka I'm like that's gross I always have me a chaser too so whatever if I have a shot oh you better believe I have something to chase it with some cranberry juice some pineapple juice some Sprite something something yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) But now that we got this drink going, let's go ahead and get into the word on the street. So the first topic I can kind of relate to myself. So I'm kind of on the fence about it. But Mary J. Blige did an interview and she has made the decision to not have children. And pretty much this decision is based on the type of lifestyle that she lives, like being on the go constantly, she just feels like having to be worried about who gonna watch her kid, like all of that. She's like, I just like my freedom. And I personally can relate to that. But like I said, I'm on the fence about whether I wanna go ahead and have kids or not. There are days when I'm like, oh, I got baby fever. I wish I could have me a little, a little cocoa running around. But then it's days where I be like, See, I like that I was able to just get up and go and didn't have to worry about getting nobody ready. Even when I think about getting ready for work in the morning, I just be like, I barely, barely get up in enough time to get myself out the door. How am I going to do this with another human being? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is that I love a woman who knows her own mind and what she really wants and doesn't lean on what everybody else is telling her she should want and doesn't feel compelled to follow this societal mold that makes you feel like there's a specific thing that you have to do. For me, I am like, right now, it's a no for me because I absolutely want my freedom. Like, do you, it's like, as an adult, I just can't imagine, like, I have to feed myself every single day. Do you know how hard that is? Like, nobody told me how hard it would be to Mm -hmm. just feed myself every day. And then when I feed myself, now I got to clean the kitchen every day. Yeah. Like, it's like just the basics and then you know it's like I'm trying to run a business and I'm trying to stay healthy and I'm trying to stay connected to friends and family and I'm trying to not die in a pandemic and you know like there's a lot of moving pieces yeah Uh, but more than anything it's like when you are giving birth to another human being and you grow them in your body like you grow them Mm -hmm. all the things that it takes to grow a baby and then birth a baby and now that baby is your life. That's your focus. That's your world. 
And I'm not ready to have my life not be about me. I really like it when my life is about me. I like waking up and being able to do what I want to do. I like being able to travel on a whim. Mm -hmm. And some people will feel like that's selfish, but that's their business. (laughs) I don't feel like it's (laughs) selfish. Um, I think what's important is just to know what you want and be clear about that. And I think there will be a time when I'm ready to have kids. I just hope that I'm able to have kids then. And I think that's going to be in my late 30s. -hmm. But it's like, if you're not ready, you're not ready. There's nothing that you can do about that. You can't just have kids and then hope that you'd be ready because people don't talk about how miserable they are when they do that. (laughs) They don't. And then they want to act like they're so... I have my friends, they give me the real. And even if they don't, I just be looking, I'm like, oh, that look ghetto. Oh, no, that's mm-hmm. not me right now. Mm-mm. Yes. So for those who want to have kids, I really salute you. More power to you. Um, I hope that you have a beautiful experience. And for those of us who are not ready yet, may our journeys take us exactly where they need to go. Yes, girl, you said that. Um I couldn't agree more. I definitely think a lot of us get caught up in, you know, what it is that society says we should be doing, the people in our lives, what they say we should be doing. And I do get it. You know, people are like, you're getting older. It's not going to get easier. And I, I get it. Like, physically, we aren't able to do it after a certain period of time. But I just feel like what is for me will be for me. Um, And of course, besides just having my freedom, of course, there are many other reasons why I have not had children yet. But I definitely feel like when it's my time, it will be my time. And like you said, right now, I am not ready. I think I was in a place where I was mentally like, you know, if it happens, it happens. But even then, still just feeling like, and then of course, you know, priorities kind of shift and change based on your circumstances. And, you know, my circumstances right now are pretty much just like it is on the table to happen, but just not right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so to me, it's just like no one can tell me when I'm ready for that step and just because we friends or we family and you feel like that's what I should be doing it's not what I want to do at this time my family is so supportive my aunties my mama be like girl go live your life my sister be like Tasha don't do it don't do it (laughs) and um they really love watching me be able to just live my life the way that I want to. And I will say for those of you who listen to this or watch this and you're like, you know, wondering what you want to do, do your research. It blows me away. People just be having kids doing zero research, just vibes. Right. <laughs> just vibes. They saw a picture, a cute little video. Now they like, huh, baby fever, baby. No, <laughs> you need to pick up the phone, call your friend who has a kid. And I promise you, she's going to ask her how much sleep she got. Mm. in the last since the child been born okay <laughs> ask her I know I because you know that that biological clock is the real thing so I had to make sure like is this really what I want to do I picked up the phone I called my friends I said hey Michelle like I know you've been a mom for a year now like what is it like and she mm-hmm. told me what it's 
fact, like I don't ever get any sleep. And even when I do, it's not the same ever because there's a literal life that yeah. I birth that is outside of me. Like my heartbeat is outside of me and I will never sleep the same mm-hmm. for years. And I called <laughs> my other friend. I said, hey, Rachel, I know that, you know, you have three kids. What is it like? What would you do differently? She said, if you like eating your own food, if you like being able to go to the bathroom alone, if you like not having to say the same thing a million times, having kids is not for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's just like, it's not for you. And I was like, hmm. And I asked her, what would you have done differently? She said, I would have waited to have my first. So I didn't just come to this decision on a whim. Yeah. I actually called people, asked people, talked to my mom, talked to my aunties. And I said, you know what? I'm okay to wait. It don't seem like it's nothing to rush into. Hmm. I definitely don't think it's nothing to be rushed into. And, you know, I don't judge anybody for the decisions that they make because, you know, everybody, what their beliefs are, are different, you know, but, and I have plenty of friends who got pregnant when we were young. And the question, the first question that would come out of my mouth is like, so what you going to do, you know, and of course, now being older, if a friend comes to me and says, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm, hey, congratulations, you know, whatever. But, you know, like you said, maybe there is something that somebody wanted to do differently. You know, I and like I said, I think what it really comes down to is people believe that, you know, you should be married or you should be trying to buy a house or you should be trying to have kids now. Like everybody just goes through different things at different stages. And I don't feel like anybody should put that type of pressure on on other people as far as, you know, having a child because children come with extra responsibilities. I like being able to lay like, yeah, I may wake up at seven o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday, but I like being able to lay there until I feel like getting up. You know what I'm saying? Like not feeling like, oh, I gotta get up because I gotta but, feed my child. <laughs> like, I don't even eat breakfast. <laughs> and I got to get up and make sure you got breakfast. You know, I just be like, mm-mm. <laughs> but you know, they say like, you know, when it does happen, a lot of things align. Like, there's a lot of joy in it too. So mm-hmm. that's not lost on me either. Like, I know there's yeah. a lot of joy and we'll see, you know, when it's time, it'll be time. Yeah. And like you said, it there is joy in being a parent. Like I see those moments, you know, where parents are throwing birthday parties for their kids or being excited because they said their first word or that they can walk now. Like I understand those joys and, and feeling like that that's my kid. You know what I'm saying? So that's the part of it where I'm do where I am like I am on the fence. Like I feel all these ways now because I'm like something is going to be taken from me. The things I enjoy will not be as prevalent in my life. But also I also understand that with kids comes joys that as a non-parenting person, you don't get the same feels. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could be excited for your friend that they they kids are making the milestones, but you know, it's just, and then sometimes in those moments, it's just like, I wish that was my child making these milestones. You know, so I do have those moments, but sometimes it's just the the selfishness or the want to just be worried about me that make me feel otherwise. <laughs> 
I feel you, girl. Yes, but I do not think Mary J. Blige is wrong in feeling or making the decision that she made because she did what was best for her. And honestly, I feel like our friends, our siblings, cousins, everybody got kids that we can be involved with. Want to be involved with some children? (laughs) I say, "What my kids at? What my kids doing?" (laughs) Right. I love that they're over there with her. Yes, I can hang out with you when I want and give you back afterward. Those are my kids. I have um, a, a niece and six nephews, so I got plenty to love on. Yeah, yeah, so definitely, like, if you got a friend out there that's living their best life and they not concerned about no kids, don't be trying to bug them about having no kids. They'll do it when the time comes, you know? But we're going to go ahead and get into the next topic, which is plies. So plies, I feel, is always on social media, you know, saying random things. And sometimes they funny, but sometimes they really be having some truth to it. So he really, he recently posted that when people bring their personal problems to social media, is because you're looking for sympathy or attention. And I guess it depends on what, what your angle is, I, I suppose. Because my personal life, for the most part, I don't post much about it on social media. Maybe, yeah, of course, if I get promoted, like the happy times in my life, I post about that. Um, but when I'm going through things or whatever, like to me, that's not something I personally post on social media. Honestly, if I didn't have this podcast, I could care less about y'all going running errands with me or seeing what I'm doing on my Saturday. But, you know, because I am trying to build a brand, these are things that I have to do. But if it wasn't for that, I personally would not post my personal problems on social media um or my personal life for that matter like you'll see me partying taking trips you know whatever but I wouldn't post my personal life on social media so is he looking for sympathy and attention from posting this like I it's so interesting to me that let me phrase like this I think it's really important for us to understand that people are built differently Mm-hmm. They are wired differently. <laughs> you know, our motivations and inspirations are different. Mm-hmm. So it's like for me to even answer that question, I just feel like, I don't know these people. I'm not in their <laughs> heads or in their hearts. Yeah. How am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to know what motivated that person over there to do what they did? Mm-hmm. And also, it's like there are levels to this, right? There are onions to peel at a very fundamental level. People are craving companionship and connection. Yes, that's good. They're craving that. People are craving attention. They want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I take a little bit of issue with the, the negative formulation of it. Like people may want attention and they may want sympathy and they may want to share and be transparent about something that's happening in their life or they may want to use their experience to educate somebody else they may have all different types of reasons Mm -hmm. for authentically sharing their lives with us 
Right. I learned so much when people share stuff, whether it is educational or crazy. You know, it's like you you let you flew who out to do what, girl? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yes. Make sure I tell my niece not to do that. You know, <laughs> but it's it's. I think the important thing to know is that people want to be seen. People want to be heard. People want to be understood. They want to feel connected. And I think we could all stand to figure out how we could foster more of that in our day-to-day lives. Yet, to Ply's point, I think that we should all be aware of when we're using attention as to fill a void for something else. Mm-hmm. When we're using social media attention to make us feel better about ourselves, to try to make us feel more confident. We're using likes and retweets to, to you know, to say something about our self-worth or something like that. Or you're trying to get clout or you want people to think a certain thing about you or you're trying to manipulate an image about you. So I think it's so much, so much in that. I think there's absolutely truth in his statement, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff to unpack there as well. Yeah. So and also in thinking about like just the positive parts of, you know, people sharing things on social media, like I get a lot from social media. I love seeing people post like how how to do business stuff how to I like social media for the informative aspects of it um I know originally social media came about with the intention like Facebook specifically so that you could keep in touch with you know people that you've come across in your life that you want to stay in touch with but it has literally evolved into you know showing people how to do things like Versus, like, I love TikTok um, for the sole purpose of I don't have to watch a 20-minute tutorial on how to do something. Like, I could go to somebody's page and get a 60-second a tutorial or whatever, and it may be a sped-up version, and maybe I do have to go to that person's YouTube, but you've at least grabbed my interest, you know, um, just off this short video that you posted. So I do think that people sharing things on social media is important. But then from a personal perspective, like say there is somebody providing information, like say you don't have money or the means to um, get get a personal therapist. You have the means to go on social media and find somebody that may be able to talk about something that can help you through what it is that you're going through. Should that be your sole source of mental health uh, therapy? No, it should not. But if that is the start to you understanding mental health, then I'm all for it. So I think there are ways to look at it as in a positive way as far as what social media is and what people post. Now, Mm -hmm. I think the part that kind of make me just be like, okay, you're doing too much is when somebody posting on social media, like Ari, um, what's the, what's a G Herbo's girlfriend or whatever, when she posting on social media about their sex anniversary, like, why do I care about the first time you and your man had sex, you know, (laughs) like, that's the type of stuff where I just be like, okay, you're doing too much. I, as much as I'm like, yeah, you know, I can see some positive aspects. The reality is 
a lot of it irritates my soul, you know? But my thing is, I let people live. My block game strong, my mute game strong. You don't have to be in my social media universe. Yeah. So I don't have no thoughts about how you live your life. I honestly think we are, are, we're in a society that is oversaturated by uneducated opinions about everything. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over it. I don't want to hear your opinion on something that you don't even know about, or why are you getting upset about? So I don't even know if that's where Plaid was going with this, but there's definitely an aspect of the element that just irks me. But my thing is why well, I'm going to tell somebody else what they should or shouldn't say block mute, unfollow, like, get away from me. Yes, <laughs> black game strong. The same thing to me. Like, if I'm always talking about money and you like, this girl just won't shut up because I actually won't shut up. Like, I be posting all the time about <laughs> money. And I'm like, I know some people annoyed. I hope they unfollow me. I don't want to bother them, <laughs> you know, but I'm going to do me. Yes. I Like I said, I think that, it, and you said it as well, like there is some positive aspects to people po- posting on social media. And if you do find yourself following people on social media or seeing certain things pop up on your social media, there is a way to eliminate or reduce that. So yeah. if you feel like people are posting um, and it might even be your personal friends and family that's posting stuff that you don't even care about. Put them on mute. You don't even have to unfollow oh, yeah. them. Just put them on mute. And- I got to do that to my mama sometimes. She'd be posting. I'd be like, oh my gosh, mama, please stop mute. I always put the negative. Mute. <laughs> yes. So I think that's the key right there. If you feel like people posting stuff that you don't care about, posting their personal problems and side stories, Go ahead and just put them on mute. Ain't no need and feeling no type of way because that's what they did. Because honestly, like you said, people want to feel a connection and this is their way of doing that potentially. So maybe this is something that they do for their mental health. They feel like they have to to post about their day just to make them feel better about how they live in their lives. It's not necessarily for us. It's for them, you know? So I wouldn't say, you know, people, I'm not going to say people are not looking for sympathy or attention, but also look at it as I don't have to be a part of your pity party or give you the attention that you're looking for. Like I can just put you on mute or block you and keep it pushing. Exactly. Yep. So, um, you know, don't feel no way, people. If you don't want to listen to them, if you don't want to see it, just mute them. But, Even you know. Even talking to you. Sometimes people be saying stuff to me and I'm just like, block. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> so, I don't need that in my life. Like, hmm, should I respond? Nah. <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead and get into this week's hot cup of cocoa. Okay. So in this week's hot cup of cocoa, Tasha is here to talk about finances and relationships. And so Tasha, you want to tell us exactly what your business is and what inspired you to start it? Oh, yes. So my business is Gotta Stay. And Gotta Stay just means that I acknowledge your power to take control of your finances. 
So it's like the goddess in me acknowledges the goddess in you. And I kind of stole it. It's like a play on namaste, you know? And so um, what we do is we work with working professionals, especially women, especially black women, to help them take control of their finances and hit their first six figures. In my experience, a lot of people are making money. A lot of people are talking about making six figures, but not a lot of people are talking about how to keep and retain six figures. How do we make sure you grow your money? And I see so many people who are making all of this money. They're going to work every day. They don't know what to do with their money. So it's coming in and then it's going out and they have nothing to show for it. So my job is me and my team come in and we have a six, a 90 day uh, program called the six figure boot camp, where we will help you create a financial system that is specifically designed to help you increase your net worth consistently and reliably um, and to hit your first six figures. So uh, that's a little bit about the specifics of what I do. A lot of our work, um, my educational background is in psychology, education, and neuroscience. So those are the things that I've used to create a very specific and methodical uh, process to help people develop the mindset that they need to tackle their money because this is the most important thing. Um, we help them develop the skills that they need to tackle their money. And then more than anything, we help them put it on autopilot. So once they develop the mindset, once they develop the skills, once we have uh, reworked their habits, then we put all of that on autopilot so that when I look out into the future, I can say with a high level of certainty and confidence that this is what my clients are going to be able to achieve and accomplish because we've actually put a system into place to do that. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. Okay. That is so dope. I think it's amazing to, um, to know like that you're out here doing this, like, especially just like knowing where we come from, like mm -hmm. that you've been able to do something amazing and provide a service to other people that is going to help them be better. So um, in looking at your website, I noticed that you say it's a holistic company. So yeah. what exactly makes it holistic? Well, you know, when I think about where I come from, where we come from, the communities that we grew up in, I realized at a very young age how important it would be for me to focus on finances. So from the time that I was 10 years old, I was very meticulous with my money. Um, the first, I created my first financial system when I was 10 years old, and it was so <laughs> simple. It was like, I went to the dollar store because that was my jam, Dollar Tree. And it still Girl, is to this Tree. day. I love me some Dollar Tree. I was just in there yesterday. Girl, me too. <laughs> so uh, I, I got a notebook from Dollar Tree. They have some cute notebooks, but I, I just got a regular composition notebook. Mm -hmm. At the top of the page, I wrote down how much money I had. Let's say it was like $7. It was not a lot of money. And <laughs> And what I did was I wrote down any money I gained that day. And when I say gain, I could have found a dime outside. I could have got a dollar from my mama. I could have got 50 cents from my auntie. I could have found some money in my mama's pocket, whatever. <laughs> I would write it down on that sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And then if I would go to the candy store or the corner store, I would subtract that. And then at the end of the day, I would add it all up and see, okay, how much money do I have now? I had this much at the beginning of the day. How much do I have at the end of the day? 
day. And I would do that every day. And I tell people, what you focus on will flourish. And as I focused on my money, it started to grow and grow and grow. And by the time that I was 13, I had more money than anybody else in my household. So much so that my dad asked me, ma'am, are you accepting money from boys in school? How do you have all this money? He couldn't understand how I had so much money. And that was just the beginning of my financial empire. So when I say that we are a holistic company, it's like I understand fundamentally that you have to be connected like your mind your body your soul so I started this journey at 10 years old but it is a very different thing at 30 do you know when that PMS comes around and my brain start going crazy and I just be like all right I'm gonna need to meditate I'm gonna need because if I go off the rails, my finances are going to go off the rails. If mm -hmm. I'm in love and I deal with heartbreak and I'm hurting, that's going to impact my finances. Mm -hmm. If I'm very busy and I'm not able to stick to a specific plan and now I'm wanting more convenience. So I'm eating out more. I'm paying more for things because I don't have time to look for it. That's going to impact my finances. Mm -hmm. And it didn't start out that way when I was 10 years old. But over the years, I started to realize that this is not just about one plus one is two. There's a lot more going on here because we all know basic arithmetic. You know that the yeah. hard part is all the other stuff, right? Because life is going to life regardless. Life is going to continue happening to you. And we have to address it holistically. We have to think about all the different elements of your life because they are going to impact your finances. So when I say that we take a holistic approach, we think about energy management, especially for women. Mm -hmm. We think about productivity and planning. We think about those things. We think about your mindset and your mental health and how that fluctuates throughout the month and throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So all of those things go into how we think about helping people plan for a lifetime of wealth. Okay. So in your plans, are you like making a budget for people talking about how to increase revenue as far as like stocks or additional income, like helping people find additional income or how does that work? Uh, I would say primarily people come to me because they're already making the money, but they're not doing what they need to do with it. Mm -hmm. And we want to um, increase their income productivity. So that's how I say we want to increase income productivity. We want to retain more income. We want more of your money ending up in your pockets instead of other people's cash registers. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the base of what I'm doing, right? That's the foundation. Those are the fundamentals. But we're also looking at how are you going to be increasing your income, right? Um, looking at, you know, your salary, salary negotiation, salary increases, moving jobs, updating your resume. We are going to, we are, we do look at that. And then we also do look at your investments. Where are you, what are you invested in? What assets are going to help you go to the next level? Um, stuff like that. So we do uh, look at that as the next level. But in my company, the very first thing that we tackle is the foundation because a lot of people are struggling financially. They have no financial stability, right? They have no financial freedom. And that's something that we can provide to working professionals almost immediately, right? Mm -hmm. And once we get that foundation together, then we can start focusing on the other stuff. Right. Okay. So because this, this show is not just about life, but it's also about relationships, I wanted to bring like a cup, like 
bring it to a couple's perspective. Okay. You know, for a, for a couple that's coming together when they get married, what is your recommendation when it comes to making financial goals together? Um, so at Goddess Day, we have systems for everything. So we actually have a specific way that we recommend that couples manage their money. And I like to give people options because everybody is different. When it comes to your finances, there can never be a one size fits all approach. So you're going to have to figure out how to modify it to fit the needs of your family and your relationship. But the very first thing that I recommend is that when you are in a relationship where you guys are commingling your finances, it's very important to have clarity. So, you know, we're talking about couples and relationships, but also look at, are you married? Like, do you have a legal claim to this person's finances if you're commingling funds? And if you don't, do you have a very clear and delineated agreement for how this works? Um, so that's, I always like to start with that. Like I'm in a relationship and, you know, we spend money and, you know, we don't buy things together though. He, he mostly spends the money. (laughs) So, but you know, he was talking about investing, you know, in some cryptocurrency. He had already hit his limit for how much he was supposed to invest in cryptocurrency. And I'm like, okay, do you need this much money? I can send, I I haven't hit my limit and, you know, you can, you you can use this money, but these are the parameters of that, right? Right. this is, uh, this is how much I, I can give you. And what are you planning to do with it? And and how are you going to give it back to me? How much are you going to give back? And it's like, you know, it might sound very cold, but it's not. It's just allowing for clarity so that neither one of us is confused. And it's like, you know, I'm open to whatever it is and however you want to do this, just let me know so that if you make a million dollars off my 5000 yeah. What? 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 <laughs> you gonna give me that five thousand? Our million. <laughs> right. Right. It's our investment. Or if I put in five and you put in fifteen, okay, seventy-five percent is yours and twenty-five percent is mine. Yeah. Just, let's just be clear about that. You're not about to give me back five thousand dollars. I know. <laughs> so, so that's there's that right. Just be clear about what the plans are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with prenups, you know people get real antsy about that but when you love somebody you want to make sure they're taken care of even when you don't love them anymore so if I were to get married I want my husband to create a prenup that makes sure that I'm taken care of yeah even in the event that we no longer stay together so having these agreements that don't feel real sexy I think they're very sexy Mm-hmm. And it just ensures that when all of those lovey-dovey feelings aren't there, you guys planned for it when they were so mm-hmm. that, you know, whatever happens is from a place of love. Now, getting back to the, uh, the money aspect, right? Mm-hmm. First, I have something called the all-in approach. Now, when you are in a relationship or married, you want to make sure that you're having a conversation, ideally married. Uh, I don't want to push that too hard because people have different ideas of what they think relationships and families look like these days. And you can do whatever works for you. Um, But if you're going to come together and you're unifying your lives together in whatever way that is for you, Mm -hmm. now you want to start thinking as a a joint unit, right? Mm -hmm. This is the business of you guys. And so now you're not just thinking about what's best for me and what's best for you. You have to think about what's best for us. 
and put that stuff in place first. Once you take care of what's best for us, that means the savings are taken care of, the household bills and expenses are taken care of, the investments are taken care of, maybe. And then you guys take care of everything else separately. Mm -hmm. So there's an all-in approach where you put all of your money into a big pot. All the family stuff is taken care of from that big pot. And then you guys have your own spending account. Yeah. You can do those spending accounts where you both get the same amount of money. You can Mm -hmm. do those spending accounts where the person who makes more gets more. You can do those spending accounts where the person who spends more gets more. Mm -hmm. You can do that however you want, but all of the direct deposit goes into the family account and then you guys meet it out. You might have separate savings account. You might have separate investment accounts, but it all goes into the family account and it gets dispersed from there. The antithesis to that is a little bit different. Well, it's actually very different. You guys have your direct deposits and they go into your individual accounts. And mm-hmm. then you have a specific amount that you put into the family account. Right. right? So you get your own money first mm-hmm. and then you say, okay, this is how much we're going to put into the family account. We're going to make, I'm going to put this much towards the bills. You're going to put this much towards the bills. I'm going to put this much towards our expenses. And then you can either do saving. And then from there, you can do your saving and investing on your own. So there are so many different ways. If you go to my website, goddessday.com, I have an article on the blog about money management for couples. It goes very much in detail, talking, giving specific examples and everything, um, because it's something that can be complicated for people. It's something that causes a lot of divorces and miscommunication. So this is something that you want to get right. Right, for sure. Which, Which method do you think you would favor? So coming from being married before and divorced and going into being married and feeling like, you know, I have all these preconceived notions about what I think marriage should be. And so before I got married the last time, I thought like, you know, we should have, like, do we share money now? How does this work? And he was just like, we'll just keep our separate accounts. Um, So it was kind of just like, okay, well, at some point, do we intend to join our monies together or is it just, we just gonna always keep it separate? And he was like, you know, once we both pay off our debts, we'll reconvene and, you know, we'll talk about it then. So, but we just never made it to that point before we got divorced. And so it was like an easy separation. Um, Now, of course, when I get married again, I don't, want to go into it anticipating that we'll divorce or separate but seeing how easy it was it was kind of just like I like the idea of you know my check comes to me and then we put money into an account together um but I know my boyfriend now because I've asked him this question and he was like I what I think I posed the question as do you think we should share money once we get married? And he said, that's how it's supposed to be. So of course, more discussion needs to happen as to how that looks. But um, for us, if we were to make that move, it would be some, some sort of sharing of the monies. I think, you know, for, for women especially, I think it's important that you look for a man who is very generous with you. You mm. know, I think that's important. <laughs> that's my personal opinion talking about, 
I would already know because, you know, I need you to be sharing your money now. Like, I know we're not married, but I still need you to be sharing your money now. (laughs) And then because I'm a giver, right? I'm very much a giver. I will give, you know, my boyfriend didn't have to ask. He just said, oh man, I'm, I'm short on this. Uh, I got this much. I'm gonna try to find this. I'm like, oh, you don't gotta try to find it. I got it. Yeah. If I'm that type of person, I need to know that I'm with somebody who's even right. Who's going because this is how women get drained. Mm -hmm. You know, because they are they're just naturally, usually not all women, but usually we want to we want to give and we want to nurture and we want to help and we want to support and. I think it's really important that you make sure that you're looking at, is this man going to be a provider for you? Is he letting you know that up front? And then you also want to be having those conversations like you are now up front, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you think we should manage the money? And why, you know, somebody who is, if somebody says, oh, we want to pay, let's pay off our individual debt first and then reconvene, you might want to ask some questions about this because it has an idea about what do you think marriage should be because if this is a partnership this not out this not my debt and your debt this is our debt and we need to create a plan to pay it off together and that's the beauty of like when you do create a unified relationship because now you can be more effective and efficient with things like debt payoff because you have two incomes instead of one when, when those incomes are used separately there's a lot of leakage that happens when you put them together, you can you can tackle things in a much more efficient way. Definitely pros and cons to both. But I love that you brought that up because with women, you need to be paying attention, using your spidey senses. You know, is this person generous with you? And then you have to be asking those questions like, how do we want to do this? And ask them first before you get into the marriage because by then... People, people be looking a, a whole different color than they did before. <laughs> yes. So I like from what I remember of you, I do remember you being like a woman of faith. Do you think that your faith has contributed to your ideas when it comes to finances or has it been what you have learned? from academia that shapes your perspective when it comes to it? Mm. So you asked that question like it's so simple. <laughs> like I know oh, it's not simple, for sure. Oh, so <laughs> deep. Mm-hmm. And I'll start by saying that my religious journey has evolved a lot over the years. And so how my relationship was like my relationship with God in high school is very different mm-hmm. now. Um, and all of it has shaped my relationship and how I think about money and my ideals. But I think more than anything, it is my life and my experience, which has very much been informed by my faith and my spirituality and my academics, right? Even my, even academia has been influenced by my faith right because I feel like I am a I'm a being of faith right so everything that I do is just infused in that right because for me this is a purpose-driven walk everything I do I feel that I was ordained and anointed and created to do this is me fulfilling my purpose in every way so every decision that I made I believe led me here every experience that I had growing up in poverty right Mm -hmm. you know people never even knew what type of what home was like 
what I did have or what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And um, all of those things have gone into inform. I tell people that I didn't get, I didn't, the methodologies that I use, I didn't get them from a book. I got them from growing up on the South side of Chicago and having to figure out how to make a way out of no way, right? When I, when we didn't have any money, there were times where I didn't even have enough money to get to school. I didn't have a dollar, not a dollar and change, not a dollar, not, not, I would have to sneak on the bus and hope the bus driver would have grace and not say anything to me so that I can get to and from school sometimes. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine not having a dollar or two? Like that's unbelievable to me, even thinking about that now, that's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. And, and so I have a very systematic approach to building wealth and it's from the ground up because I know what it's like to start with nothing. And it also comes from a place of accountability too, right? So I understand like, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are now. What matters is that you are not helpless, you are not hopeless and you are not powerless because there is absolutely a power in you that has equipped you with every single thing that you need. I don't care what that, what you call that power. I really don't. But you have to know that you have something inside of you that has sustained you to this point, even when things look crazy and you made it to here. And you have what it takes to get to that next level. That's what God is saying is about. That is what I mean when I say, I'm acknowledging your power that you can build wealth from wherever you are. And I'm not, I don't know this because somebody told me this. I know this because I did it. I grew up in in subsidized housing where we were so poor. My mama didn't even have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. You know, and so now I'm moving into a new apartment today and I have a beautiful view of the lake and I'm just driving and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing that I was able to create, it took a it took a minute, right? Because what I did, what, what could get lost when I say I'm moving into a new apartment is that I lived in a room in Atlanta for five years. Mm-hmm. I lived in somebody's room so that I could save money, so that I could have the financial freedom that I wanted and that I knew I deserved. I didn't get here by accident. I didn't get here overnight. It wasn't easy, mm-hmm. but I got here. And so all of it's like the scrappiness, the willingness to do what it takes. I'm not too cute to do the ugly stuff, right? I tell people I will get messy for what I want. And that's why I'm able to succeed. And all of those things go into the methodology that I create. Mm-hmm. I, I really, um, even though I know that was not the easiest of questions to answer, but I definitely want to give people that perspective that, just because you grew up poor or you want to start a business, but maybe you don't have the funds to do it. Like there are ways to um, overcome those things and do it. So Mm -hmm. for like, what advice would you give someone who wanted to start a business, but didn't necessarily have the means financially to do it? The most important part of wealth is creativity. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. You don't have to have money. You have to be creative. So you, if if um, if you have the imagination, and you can share that dream with somebody else, you could build a business. If you watch the dropout on Hulu with uh, Elizabeth Holmes, mm-hmm. where she was building Theranos, and she didn't. Well, she did have money, but she didn't <laughs> have as much as she needed. Yeah. And 
people didn't want to take her seriously because she was a woman. Even though she was a white woman from a good, well-to-do family, they still didn't take her seriously. They're like, look at this little teeny bopper. She's so cute. (laughs) And she had to go and ask for millions of dollars. But the way that she did it was by sharing her dream, a dream that was in her imagination that other people connected with. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a way to find money. So if you use your imagination and use your creativity, you'll be able to figure that out. And the other thing is just never accept excuses, right? Mm -hmm. Because somebody took the situation that you have right now and they won with it. Yeah. And, And whether that's true or not, I don't really know. But if you take that case, right, you just say, you know what? I believe that I can win with the situation that I have. It gives you a much greater chance of winning. Exactly. I would say like, you know, the the thing that I would say to hone in on is that accountability, no excuses, you know, really go in on your mindset. Because when you grow up and you don't have money, it really messes with your mindset. Mm -hmm. You have to to force yourself to believe that greater is possible because you might never have even seen the greatness that you aspire to in real life. You Mm -hmm. might have never seen that except in a book. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Okay, okay. So y'all out there that know y'all want to start a business, I definitely think that, uh, like Tasha said, be creative because there is somebody out there doing what you want to do and is prospering. And I think that there's room for everybody in whatever space you are trying to fit into. And, mm-hmm. you know, you may not have a lot of money, you may not have a lot of followers, but you definitely have to get creative to do it. Because I know I've seen a lot of people say like, I couldn't get a loan or or X, Y, Z. And from what I see on social media, taking it back to the whole social media perspective, there are so many ways that you can do so many things without it costing a lot of money. And I see people creating home decorations that you probably go to Pier 1 Imports or wherever. You can go to Dollar Tree and get those same, same whatever uh, materials they use. You can go there and get those same materials and probably spend $10 on something that they charge at Pier 1 Imports for $50. They go a $40 profit right there. And so there are definitely ways to start a business from nothing to increase what you have already. Um, And I would definitely say if you wanted to utilize Tasha's services, you know, Tasha, let them know where they can follow you at on social media or your website. Yeah, so um like I said we have a 90-day boot camp and our next launch is actually coming up on April 7th we launch this program every three months so I don't know when this is going to be coming out but if it comes out after April 7th that's okay because we have a a wait list so you can find me at goddessday.com and I'll share the specific link uh, to the boot camp with your girl Coco. So she'll have that. You can also find me on um, Instagram at Goddess Day HQ. That's G O D E S T E HQ. 
And my favorite place to be, I'm not going to lie, is Twitter. I'm there all the time. You can find me at Gotta Stay HQ over there as well. I am a type of person where I love interacting. I love building relationships. I love connecting. So if you listen to this podcast and you find found any part of it helpful, feel free to connect. And um, I have free downloads on my website. And I also have a really cool quiz. So if you want to learn your wealth score, you want to learn how good you are with money or how not so good you are with money, then you can take that quiz and it'll give you some insight into where you are right now. So thank you guys so much for welcoming into your space. And um, I look forward to connecting with you in one way or another. Okay, okay. I'm very excited that we were able to make this happen. Um, even though it took us a little while to like iron out the dates, but we got here and I'm very happy that you were able to come on. I know you're in the process of moving. So we're going to do this one last thing and then I'm going to let you go so you get back to doing what you're doing. Okay. But um, so questions with Coco. Questions with Coco is kind of like the Ask Coco segment, but then also where I find questions or opinions to discuss. So this question, it, it or comment, it, it, I think it is an unpopular opinion, but it is if a woman has a birthday dinner and her man is there, do you think he should cover the entire tab? And these are not my thoughts. This is what I got from social media. But I did do a poll on social on Instagram for it. And the responses were 7% said yes and 93% said no. But then I also had people who responded in my DMs that were pretty much like, they felt like saying, so one thing I heard was, I've seen my father do this, so I expect for my man to do the same. Or maybe if he didn't pay, maybe for a small group of people, like me and just maybe two of my friends, my man covered the bill. But of course, if it was a larger group, maybe my man paid the majority of it and then everybody else just put like maybe... in, uh, but the man covers the majority of the bill. So for me, in my opinion, now, if I had a wealthy man, yes, I expect you to cover the bill because you got the money and not because I don't think my friends can pay, but you can afford it. So you're treating me and my friends out for my birthday. But if I know my man is on the come up, you know, he's building his you know, building his business, whatever the case may be, because I don't necessarily think I would be with a man that would just brokey broke, broke. But, you know, if I knew he was out here trying to make things happen, then it's not something I would expect him to do. You know, of course, cover me. But, um, you know, it's not an expectation or I wouldn't obligate my man to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if I have a birthday dinner, if it's like me and four friends, I know that any man that I'm with is going to cover that just automatically. He going to cover that. It's not a question that I have to ask. I wouldn't even, you know, it's like, you got to know the 
the energy of the type of men that you like to have around you. I like to be with the I got it type of man. Mm-hmm. But also, if you have 10 people out to dinner, <laughs> I feel like that's expecting a bit much. You know, it's like, I feel like in an intimate setting, I would have that expectation. In a larger setting, I feel like I don't, that expectation isn't there. Um, people will come and pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he still might pay, but he might not. And that'd be okay with me. But I think what's the important thing is, you know, is the communication. So who threw the party and what was the communication about what the payment is like, you know, because mm-hmm. that's important. If you throw a birthday party, some people might be expecting the host to pay, which is weird to me, but I've seen that some people expect that. Um, so you want to make sure like whatever the, whatever is going to happen, you make sure people are prepared to handle it. Right. Um, but I think that when I think of this question, what's most important to me is that, you know, number one, just do what works for you and do what makes you happy. Number two, as a woman, I want you to be with the man who is able to protect and provide for you to the degree that that you require, right? That you have some standards of provision for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And number three, that you are with somebody who is generous, who loves and cares about you and they're, and you know that they're going to do what they can, right? Yeah. If, they're, if they're not covering the bills because they don't have it like that right now. And that's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. Everybody is at a different level. I feel like you really have to pay attention to what the energy is, what the intentions are, where are you going? Where are you moving? Where are you going to? So I don't think there's a one size fits all answer, but I know that for me and mine, he's definitely going to pay for the intimate scenario. And then he might pay for the bigger, he might not, but either way would be okay with with me in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree um, that it does come down to understanding what the expectation is. And of course, like managing your expectations as well. So, which also comes, comes back around to finding the person that best suits you. So if you know that's the type of man that you want to be with, I would definitely say put yourself in a position to be with a man like that. Because, and and what I mean by put yourself in a position is, um, I definitely think it goes to what you exude, the type of rooms you put yourself in, because you can't be going to five guys thinking you're going to get a man that's that got a lot of money and not to say they don't like a good burger <laughs> but you can't go there meeting someone with the anticipation that they're going to be able to afford to pay for you and your friends to go to dinner you know and of course you got your people out there that's gonna front like they got it but that that goes to just paying attention to people and their habits as well. Mm-hmm. There was something else I was thinking. I think I forgot it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but ultimately I think like, you know, I see a lot of these types of questions popping up on social media. Oh, I was gonna say, who am, who who sponsored the birthday dinner? Was it her boyfriend? Was the did the man sponsor the dinner? Did he create? Did he? 
It, that's important. It, 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 that was that's just an important part too, because if he's just coming expecting to be a guest at a birthday party that you're throwing for his girlfriend, mm-hmm. that's a whole different dynamic too. So, yes. so many different moving pieces. But I think at the end of the day, the reason that these questions are thrown around is because I think women want to be provided for and men have this thing about, I don't want to be taken for my money. I don't want some woman who just wants me for my money. But to men, I would say, it's important for us to allow men to grow into their role as a provider before we start dating them. Mm-hmm. Like once they, and, and I, I've seen that when a man is still trying to figure out his space and his role and grow into the fullness of who he is, which he deserves an opportunity to do, it stunts him to mm-hmm. be in a relationship in my, from what I have seen. So I know that's just a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't apply to everybody, but I think that we do men a disservice when we don't allow them to develop that provider energy, right? Like that's big man things right there. Yeah. And you have to give them the space to get into that, to grow into that. And I think sometimes we clip their wings because as women, we want to help. I was talking to my dad the other day. He was telling me about how, you know, a lot of women want to be with the, just to be with somebody more than they care about a man being a man in a relationship. They just want to be with somebody. Yeah. Um, So just, you know, be paying attention to what you want. And like you said, make sure that you are acting accordingly because that's what these questions are really getting to. Mm. You know, women want to be taken care of and men want to be respected. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the the biggest thing to try and um, convey when these questions are being asked. It's not, I don't think these questions are being asked with the intent to say women are being gold diggers. I think it's to put the message out there that women want to be taken care of. And, you know, of course, men want to be respected but like me personally, like, yes, I want to be taken care of, but I'm not with you just because you have money. I'm with you because we complement each other. And um, and like you said, you have to give men the room to, to find themselves to be that provider. I think when we meet men in their 20s, like I've met men who've not necessarily wanted to commit because they weren't where they wanted to be, which say if they did enter in a relationship might actually stunt them from um, growing into that role, like you said, because now they're trying to satisfy me and what they want at the same time, but then something is not going to be met because they're not, something is going to suffer because they're not where they want to be. Maybe they don't feel like they can provide for you in the way that they want to provide for you. And maybe it's not translating in a way that you understand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So I definitely think that with this question, like Tasha said, it's so much more to it than just this blanket statement so much more to take into account, but I definitely think the main gist of it is that women do want to be taken care of and men want to be respected. And then finding the middle ground or 
finding that middle ground where both people's needs are being met. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that is it for today's episode of Kiki and with Coco. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And then again, Tasha, just let everyone know where they can connect with you on social media. Yes, yes. So if you haven't, I already shared this. So hopefully you have already went over, (laughs) follow me, found me on Instagram and Twitter. But if you haven't, you have another opportunity. So a couple of things I want you to do. You could go to my website at goddessday.com. I have some freebies over there. But what I really want you to do is take the quiz. I want you to learn your wealth score. You can also um, follow me at goddessdayhq. That's G-O-D-E-S-T-E-H-Q um, over on Instagram and Twitter. And then if you want to learn, like if you know that you have money coming in, but you don't know what to do with it or it's coming in and before you know it, it's gone, then um, I definitely want you to look into our six-figure bootcamp. There's definitely an investment, but the payout is absolutely worth it. Our job and our goal is to make sure that you get to not just six-figure income, but six-figure wealth. So with that being said, I hope to connect with you, like I said, one way or another. All right, y'all. Well, I probably myself will be getting myself into this boot camp because I need to figure my life out, (laughs) y'all. But, um, you know, with the whole concept of like bringing money in and then just being like, where the hell my money at? Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, You know, definitely, I think it's important for us to take advantage of financial literacy and the tools that are out there for us. And as Tasha mentioned, you may have to spend some money, but you'll get so much more from it. And so, um, you know, regardless, if you just want to set yourself up, I think that should always be the goal to make sure you are good. Um, If you are a couple and you guys want to make some financial goals, um, in that in that aspect of it, you definitely should look into some type of financial advising programs because there are people out here with the knowledge and we should take advantage of it. And especially within the Black community, I think we don't learn enough about financial literacy as children. And then we come out into the world and not necessarily have the proper tools to assist us. Um, And just this one last thing uh, in reference to that, I remember watching um, Married to Medicine and one of the doctors, his wife, she likes to spin, spin, spin. And people were always, I think they had some type of um, issue where they owe back taxes to the IRS. And so people was like, re- their finances were really a topic of discussion on the show. And one of the things that the wife said was that we are the only people in our in both of our families who's ever made this much money and we didn't know what to do with it we was just like oh we got it let's spend it you know and so um before you get in trouble with the irs or you know whatever the case may be like maybe you do need to take advantage of some of the things that tasha's offering to help you manage that money and to keep it and to grow from it so yes again i appreciate y'all for tuning into this week's episode 
Y'all can follow me on all social media platforms at Kikan with Coco. And as always, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. So until next time, bye.